It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six the time. It is a Friday, and I'm glad you made it. Cold out there. It's warmed up a little bit since I've gotten to work. It was 10 degrees. It's now 11. Some of you are in the single digits out there. All right, there's some news to go through, but also a lot of screwing around because I know how this works. We get to a Friday, and while it is important that we all keep up on the latest news, at some point we all just have to pause and take a breather. So there's a little bit of both. Let's go. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Last, uh, well, yesterday uh, on the program, I told you that there was a good bit of news that came out of the election. There's a lot of good news stories. No, it wasn't the red wave that a lot of you guys wanted, I know. But still, some good things really did happen here. It was not exactly a victory for Democrats either, especially in the state of Wyoming. Across the nation, the real good news is parents started showing up at school board meetings. They have been for quite a few years, and they've become disillusioned with their school boards. As they find out what's being taught in some schools, things that they don't want their kids to be taught, because they fundamentally disagree with it for a lot of different reasons. Depends on which topic we're talking about. But when they go to the school boards and complain, they're being rejected, shut down, treated like they're an annoyance. But who's actually in charge here? It's supposed to be the parents, not the school board, not the teacher. It's the parents' kids. They're the ultimate authority. And parents have had enough of this. And this is where I had said for many years what people need to do if you got kids in school you need to show up and find out what's going on in school and then do something about it get involved and it's going to get ugly sometimes but it's your kid here the mistake americans have made is the government bus shows up picks up the kid and takes them off to the government school and parents don't pay attention to what's going on then they're shocked when they find out what is going on all right time to do something about it so across America, headline, parents see red undercurrent from midterms in school board races. Yeah, parents got mad. And across the country, a lot of school boards were rotated out. Story says, while the results of the midterm election were not a red wave that many had predicted, once again, don't pay attention to the experts, don't listen to the polls. I said that going into this and every other race since I've been a talk show host, don't watch the polls don't listen to the experts the experts are not experts and the polls are garbage and once again this whole election cycle showed it right all right 
Education advocates were optimistic about the impact of local races, the story said. Quote, they predicted red wave did not materialize, but there was a red undercurrent in state and local educational offices. This is a gentleman from Defense of Freedom Institute. Parents got fired up, and they've been winning even in blue states. Conservatives flipped school boards in Michigan, Maryland, and candidates backed by parents' rights group, all the way, including Minnesota. One, and we've had a lady on who is the head of the Moms for Liberty group here in Wyoming, but the Moms for Liberty co-founder, Tiffany Justice, I love that name for someone who's doing what she's doing, told Fox Digital, over 50% of the candidates they endorsed one election. Candidates backed by Minnesota Parents Alliance won 15 of the 19 districts that they organized for. And say, uh, in Florida, all six school board members endorsed by Governor Ron DeSantis won their runoff elections, resulting in 24 of 30 candidates backed by the governor. This was happening all over the country. Good to see it. So I'll put this story aside for just a moment. Let's get to the Wyoming story, Cowboy State Daily. Voters oust Wyoming school board members in wake of debate over sexually graphic books. And I'm glad that Cowboy State is, I think, putting the uh, the title the way it should be. Because what these books really are, are sexually graphic. That's really what the issue here is. We've gone through this before, but okay. The story does say at the very top, explicit context. Because once again... Cowboy State Daily is showing you in the story these books that were the explicit context that uh, caused the uproar. Cowboy State Daily wants you to see what's in the books. So you got to be ready for some pretty explicit stuff if you're going to read the story that they have. The story says, by the time the four trustees elected Tuesday to the Natrona County School Board began their service, the fate of two sexually explicit graphic books in Casper schools will already be decided. Mary Schmidt, Jennifer Hopkins, Michelle Stadelli, uh, and Kevin Christopherson all won their bids to the electric school board Tuesday general election. They re And it talks about who they replaced. So they declared their candidacy together to seek to rid the schools of these graphic books. Christopherson, a former school board member who chose not to run for re-election during the COVID months after receiving a backlash from opposition shutdowns, mask mandates, stuff like that. So this is one of those people who, and I'm sorry to say that he did this, but some people get frustrated with trying to get good things done, and so they just quit. And that's not the right move to make, but at least he's back. For Hopkins and Smith, combating pornography, they say was paramount as to why they ran. The school board is scheduled to end by well, the end of November to decide whether to keep the, or discard these two books. Natrona County Library also contains uh, these books as well. The, they told the Cowboy State Daily Reporter they have an immediate plan to learn more about that sort of social engineering that's being that's driving these books into these schools okay and then uh and, and it says here that well it's already going to be decided before these people get into office but that doesn't mean 
that this can't be brought up and undone. I mean, if they decide, if the current school board decides to keep the books, the new people coming in can certainly do something about it. So it's not a done deal. Congress in 2019 poured $260 million into social emotional learning. Advocates touted this means for children holistic well being beyond simple education tenets. Detractors feared it would inflate concepts and, well, you can imagine the door that that would open. Let me read that first part again. Congress in 2019 poured $260 million into social emotional learning. Advocates touted it as a means for children's holistic well being beyond simple education. Well, here's the problem that opens up the door to whatever they want that to mean, whatever they think that that should mean. The real answer here is in schools, education should be simple educational tenets. Leave the holistic well-being up to the parents. Leave it up to them, not up to somebody in the school, not the school board, not your federal government, not your teachers. This is up to the parents, okay? Quote, we need to start breaking away from that program and start to get back to the general focus of school, which is academic, said Smith, adding that she would like to get input from teachers on how to proceed. So this also had to do with not just books, mask mandates, things like this. But you get the idea. Now, the story, as usual, which is one of the reasons I like them, uh, Cowboy State Daily does a rather extensive story on this. So you can look for all sorts of details uh, in their story. Uh, I'd recommend reading it. But that's part of what happened in Wyoming schools, and this is not the only school board where, well, we had problems in Cheyenne, Gillette, name a couple of other places. And yeah, parents showed up and decided to run for office and won. And this happened all over the country at school boards. Not everywhere, but all over the country still. A lot of these school board members have been rotated out by new people. So to those new new people, now that you're in there, don't get the idea that making the change you want to make is easy because you're talking about those people that were still left in office have been there for quite a while and they know the routine. So it's going to take a lot of work to make the changes that you need to make. But that's okay. Get in there, do the work, don't give up. Just keep on pushing, just like they have over all these years when you weren't looking. Your turn. 617, wake up Wyoming. Hi, I'm... Face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Three at a time to wake up Wyoming. Just a couple of other election numbers to toss at you for the state of Wyoming, anyway. Because they're starting to kind of rotate in. Hey, get a good idea what people were thinking and doing. Again, a couple of Cowboy State news articles because they were doing such a good job by all of this. So, by the numbers, headline says Wyoming voters show less interest in general election. That's one of the things I was kind of warning about is there's a lot of issues. I, I know you voted in the primary, but there's a lot of issues in the general. There's amendments even, but also local ordinances, 
local tax questions. So it's a good idea to show up to the general election, too. All right. The story says after record steady turnout over the Wyoming primary, voter participation waned at Tuesday general election. Overall, 198,153 people cast votes midterm election in Cowboy State. Although non-presidential election years historically draw smaller turnout, it still represents the fewest people to participate in a general election since 2014 in Wyoming. Now, that's sad. Also, about 15,921 more people voted in the primary than the general smallest gain in about 28 years. In the last non-presidential November election 2018, about two, uh, 205,275 people turned out. So that really is a big drop. But that, again, well, it asks the question. Let me read on apathy. Voter apathy may have exacerbated the fact there were no competitive statewide races. Every Republican candidate was either unopposed or beat their opponent by 45%. Now, this, again, I do understand why people would look at it and go, well, why should I bother to show up? I thought about this as I was voting. I'm looking at the ballot, which has two sides, still front and back to it. And most of the candidates where I'm living at were unopposed. Yeah, the vast majority of candidates, unless I wanted to write somebody in, the vast majority of the candidates were unopposed. And those who had won in the primary that had opposition, we already pretty much knew who was going to win that. But still, now I, I keep mentioning there were some amendments to our Constitution that were offered up. There were some other local things, taxes, local ordinances. But also, this is where you decide who's going to sit on your city council, who's going to sit on your county commission. Because not all of that was decided in the primary. Some of that needs to be decided in the general election. So the idea that a lot of people said, ah, and just stayed home, you missed out on voting on some very important things. In which case, I'd say next time around, not just in the, because next time is a presidential election, but when we have an off-season election, no, show up on election day, do that, because you're missing out on a lot of important issues. Okay, so the story says voter apathy may have exacerbated it. Even Republican candidates either unopposed or beat their opponents by about 45%. Mary Lancroft, a former Sublet County clerk for 32 years and a consultant for the Wyoming Association of Municipal Clerks and Treasurers, told Cowboy State Daily on Wednesday. She believes that many voters were checked out or lost interest in the general election after casting votes in the Republican House race between Harriet Hageman and Liz Cheney. So what she's guessing here is the major race was the Hageman-Cheney race. That was it. And as soon as people voted on that, they were kind of done. Now, let's just say she's right about that. Once again, what are you missing out on? Yeah, Because there's so many issues here. And then it goes on and goes through the numbers. 46% in the number of Platte County voters who turned out. Highest ratio in the state. 8,178 turnout for Senate District 17 between Mike 
Jararu, I think, is a Democrat, Jackson, Republican, and Steve Dewar, Libertarian, and Amanda Pandela, uh, the highest rate of any state. And it goes through more and more numbers here. If you want to go ahead and, and look at all of the numbers they have laid out, they really break it down. One of the most pressing questions Tuesday over the size crossover voting primary election, the answer, 22,000 to 37,000 votes. So Grable, who was running for House of Representatives and Democrat ticket, uh, she got the most votes of any Democrat candidate with 47,241. Grable received, in her, I'm sorry, that was her 2020 campaign. In this campaign, she got 66,576 votes. Uh, the decrease was likely caused by the fewer casts this year than 2020. So she, she's down. Uh, not up, but down, if I read those numbers correctly there. So we now have the problem of why most of Wyoming became redder, but one county got bluer. Now you know the answer to that, what that county is. You're already thinking it. We'll talk about that coming up next. Democrats in Wyoming lost big time, but there's that one county, Wild Bill and Laramie. Did you see that federal judge ruled and Joe Biden's loan forgiveness exit? Yes. Oh, I saw that. I got I got that coming up this morning. Another federal judge told Joe Biden, no, you can't just go forgive federal loans for college students. We'll get into that probably in the seven o'clock hour. 629 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. On the air. Sorry, but we had a budget. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Six thirty-six is the time. It's wake up, my own. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I get into it. Always is open phones on Friday. By the way, triple eight ninety-seven Woods eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. I do open phones every day of the week, just so you can always have a chance to vent. On Friday, it's the entire program, at which means at any point you can just interrupt me and change the subject or stick to what I'm talking about. Fine. One last story on the numbers, and then we'll get onto other stuff. Because I know I don't always want to talk about this stuff on Friday. I like to get my mind on other things, and enough of this anyway. Election time is over. We just got to wait for a few more seats to come in to find out who's in control of Congress. Or not. We should be done here. Let's move on. So here's the story again. Great job done, Cowboy State Daily. While Wyoming's Red Sea became redder, it's Blue Island, Teton County. Got bluer. Story says Wyoming's elections on Tuesday follow a decade of long national trend of political polarization. Key feature of the trend is a uh, well, the already conservative areas in Wyoming becoming more conservative, and that one progressive area that we have is becoming more progressive. "Quote: We did good in Wyoming nationally, not so much," said Senator Larry Hicks, Republican to Bags, Vice President of the Wyoming Senate about how the Republicans fared overall in the midterm election. So, hang on, I'm grabbing something here to look up and 
when you guys get into that next break. Teton County, by far the most prevalent base of Democrat voters in Wyoming. People cast twice as many votes for U.S. House Democrat challenger Lynette Grable than Republican nominee Harriet Hageman. This ran opposite to the statewide vote. So when I was reading the numbers, and I think I might have flipped them a little on here, but uh, yet Grable, the Democrat running for Wyoming House of Representatives, you know, got 60, I think it was 40-something, 60-something, 60-something thousand votes is what she got. And uh, it's a pretty fair number of votes there. But most of those votes came from Teton County. That's not to say she didn't get any from the rest of the state, but most of them were Teton County focused. Teton County voters also elected nearly all blue county commissioners, losing this one Republican commissioner seat and gaining the Democrat newcomer. One former Democrat commissioner switched his affiliation to independent during his term. There were a few exceptions to blue dominance in Teton as a race between Wyoming Democrat House candidate Liz Strohrer, I think is how I can't pronounce some of these names, and Republican Paul Vogelheim, Helm, whatever, uh, was decided by 163 votes. And then it talks about other candidates as well. Laramie uh, was another area where Democrat support experienced continued success. So I'm not surprised at Laramie. I mean, you're in a college town, so of course. And then it talks about uh, see, Trey Sherwood, Democrat Laramie, held her House seat by a large margin. Democrat candidate Ken Kesick was able to easily retain the seat held by a retiring representative, Kathleen Conley. And another Democrat uh, of Laramie ran unopposed in the general elections. So, yeah, pretty much it looks like in in Laramie, they pretty much just held on, the Democrats did, to what they had. But more Democrats turned out to vote in those elections than before. Well, a lot of times in Laramie County, a lot of those Democrats wouldn't turn out at all. But they, they turned out in large, Democrats turned out in large number to try to hang on to those seats. Still, though, across Wyoming, like in Laramie County, which is a Cheyenne area, that kind of Laramie County, turned more red. Republicans gained four seats in the Wyoming legislature, while Democrats lost two of its nine seats. And, let's see, Andy Libu who's a Democrat, the only Democrat legislator outside of Albany and Teton counties, lost her reelection bid. The three Democrats running in statewide races were not competitive, and Democrats weren't competitive in any legislative areas outside Teton, Albany, and Laramie counties, which is why when I take a look at it, this, when I take a look at what's happening around Wyoming, I wrote an article about this. Oh, Albany County isn't far behind Teton County, says Jim and Laramie. That's true. Let, let me give you an idea about that, Jim. Uh, I one time was, I was, when I was living in Florida, when I started taking care of my dad, home carrying him through Alzheimer's, he was living in Williston, Florida, and that's near Gainesville, Florida. Okay. When you take a look at what's around Ocala, Williston, places like that, all the towns around it, very red, very conservative Republican. I mean, it's a huge red area in the – that's above Orlando, okay? And it's a massively red Republican area. But then there's this one dark blue dot, and that's Gainesville, where the college is. So take a look at Wyoming, how red Wyoming is. And then you look over 
at the town of Laramie where the college is, and there's this blue dot right there where the college is. 642, Wake Up, Wyoming. This weather update. Glenn Woods, he talks to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up, Wyoming on K2 Radio. Six forty nine is the time to wake up, Wyoming. Off to the phone we go. Where Frank Gambino's out there on the road. Where are you? Wyoming. I know you're in Wyoming, but wait, I, I missed the first part. Where are Wyoming? I'm in Laramie. Oh, Wyoming. Laramie, Wyoming. I missed the Laramie part there. Okay, it, it, it's it's over there. It's you know? down here and over to the right. You know, okay. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. Jeff, what's going on in Laramie? Uh, the high school football state championship games begin today. And then okay. two today, three tomorrow. Oh, so you're going to be there it like for the weekend. Out there. All right. You got yeah, the whole weekend looks, of good time. Yeah. Well, as, as we've been talking about, the weather's going to be really nice for this for you. Cold? It better, it better be. It's going to be cold, but not windy, not snowy, just cold. You can do the cold, yes, right? The skies, are, the skies are clear. There is no okay. wind as of now. But if you look outside, like, why is everyone starting their car to warm up? And why are uh, all the windshields well, full of ice? Because you're in the single digits. That's why. All right now, oh, really? Is it that cold? <laughs> yes, it is. It actually is. Yeah, high single digits. Does that make you feel better? Yeah. Okay. okay which means right. nine, nine or ten, eight or yes. nine, as opposed to one or two. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. I got something that you need to watch. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming website. I think you will enjoy this. You will hear okay. people speaking Russian because that's where it happened. So they're trying to clear a road of snow. Right now, are you familiar with what a skid steer is? Yes. Okay, so a little skid steer on this highway was working away, and it tipped over on its side. Driver's still inside. There's only one door. He can't get out because that's what's laying on the road. Right? A big backhoe comes along and uses its shovel to grab the tractor tread and tip it back up, sending the driver through the window on the other side. <laughs> Right out into the snowbank. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, you you just go ahead and watch that, Frank. I'm thinking that you're just going to have yourself a good old time watching this guy go flying. I would have sat there with my seatbelt on while the operation was happening, but okay. It's, it's okay. High school football, the state championship games will begin today here in Laramie, a War Memorial Stadium, first up at noon today. 10-0 Lovell will meet 9-1 Bighorn for the 2A title. Lovell lost to Lyman in last year's game, and Lovell also beat Bighorn in 14-7 in the season opening game this season. Then at 3 p.m., Cody will try and repeat as the state champions in 3A. They'll take on Star Valley. Cody is 10-0, but their quarterback, Luke Talich, was injured in last week's semifinal game versus Buffalo, so we'll see if he plays today. Star Valley is 9-2, and and Cody then gave Cody their closest game of the season, 35-25. Tomorrow morning here at Laramie, Little Snake River from Bags will try and repeat a state champions and won a sixth man. They'll take on Burlington. Little Snake River has been dominant this season, but Burlington has been a tough group, too. Following that at 1 p.m., it's the 189 man championship as defending uh, champ Shoshone at 9 1 will take on 10 0 Pine Bluffs. In the first week of the season, Pine Bluffs beat Shoshone 34 26. Finally, at 4 p.m. tomorrow, defending champion Sheridan at 10 0 will take on 9 1 Cheyenne East. The Sheridan beat East in the regular season in a very entertaining game 
42-39. In college football, the Wyoming Cowboys will battle us for the bronze boot tomorrow, taking on Colorado State and Fort Collins. That bronze boot trophy is important, far more important than some rifle with a Utah school or some trophy with a school that's 3,320 miles away. Today, the ROTC attachments will run the ball from Laramie to Fort Collins with a short ceremony at the border. And rivalry games can get chippy, so you can expect some of that. UW is six and three overall, four and one in Mountain West play. CSU is two and seven overall, two and three in league play. That's a five PM start from Fort Collins tomorrow. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Men's college basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowboys are two and zero after a seventy nine sixty eight win over Nickel State right here in Laramie. Brendan Wenzel had twenty points. That's a career high. And Hunter Maldonado chipped in twelve. The Cowboys had a big advantage on the on the backboards, forty five to thirty one, and the Host southeastern Louisiana on Sunday at 2 p.m. at the AA in Laramie. And the Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team starts the season this afternoon at, at North Dakota. So this is the Heather Rizell era is underway. Cowgirls going to have two exhibition wins over Colorado Christian and Sioux Falls. So we'll see how the season goes. It'll be a noon start today in Grand Forks. Okay, let's go to where your plan uh, today. It starts where, when, what time, all those details. Today is the first game is at noon right at War Memorial Stadium, which is right down the street this way. Yeah. So we have two games today, noon and three, and then tomorrow, 10, 1, and 4. Okay. Good times. Now, what, what about, did they have, like, fun food vendors there? Well, I'm not sure they have much of that. Oh, okay. I mean, there's, a, there's not a whole lot of people that, that go. Okay. I mean, um, I mean, there's food to be found somewhere, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, well, people. no, that, Laramie has some great restaurants. I'm just thinking, you know, with all of those games and all those families and kids showing up, that maybe... There'd be some fun food trucks out there in the parking lot area, but I guess not. That's a good idea. Maybe yeah. some people will tailgate. I'll have to go check uh, that out right. in, in, in nine-degree weather. Yeah. yeah, In Wyoming? Yeah. All right. Sure. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six the time. It is a Friday. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, open phones the whole day. Triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. I'm in a good mood. Well, I always am, really. Anyway, but I uh, just taking a look at some plans, uh, the things that have happened this week, and plans that I have for the weekend and so on. And I'm thinking it's good out there. Life be good. So. I'm, I've talked about some things with the political numbers that came in, not just across the nation, but across Wyoming. And if you missed the first hour of the program, remember, no, you didn't, because you can always go back and catch up. When the show is over, it becomes a podcast. So use the Wake Up Wyoming app, free to download at your app store. Touch on demand. And then there's the old shows right there. And we strip them down of news and a lot of the commercials to condense it for you. But you can pause it, share it, whatever you want to do. Also, those funny bits that you hear being played on the air, which I'll play a few more this morning, the ones that are produced in-house. Miss Mary is slowly releasing episodes of Wyoming Altered States. 
Those are those bits which you can listen by hitting Altered States. So you go to your Wake Up Wyoming app, Touch On Demand, Altered States. Select the episode you want or the bit that you want and share it with your friends and so on. So all that's ready for you. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not report to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So there are some people on the left that are really upset because Twitter is being taken over by Elon Musk. Now, remember, Elon Musk used to vote Democrat. He lived in California, and he was a very liberal Californian. But then... As he began his businesses, and, and not just, of course, uh, Tesla, but, you know, he's putting rockets into space, and there's so many things he's into. So because of that, he's technically the richest man on the planet, right? But he ends up moving out of California because he just can't do business there. And this starts to change his mind about a lot of things. Now, he's not putting on a red MAGA hat, but he has found that he's just sick and tired of big government and big government bullies. He was the guy, I was really impressed with this. He wanted to launch one of his rockets and everything was set and ready to go. And then at the last minute, a couple of government bureaucracies out there, no, you can't launch because you didn't get the follow per following permits for this, that, and the other thing. In which his answer was, screw them, launch the rocket. And they did. So at, what do you do, if you're a government bureaucrat, what do you do with that? I mean, this is, after all, this is the richest man on the planet here. And he's really well-liked by the public. What do you do? So they gave him a pass on that. But he was just not going to put up with at the last second, a couple of bureaucracies coming up. You can't do that. You didn't follow the following paperwork. Screw your paperwork. We're ready to go. We're launching. This is where Elon Musk began to change his ways and think. Then, If you're thinking conservative, Trump supporting, no. But began to realize what he didn't realize when he originally lived in California. Began to realize the problems with big government and wants them out of the way, bought Twitter because of issues with freedom of speech. That's mainly why he bought Twitter. It wasn't even because he agreed with everything that was being said by some people. That had nothing to do with it. He thought that they should have the right to say it. When Babylon B was banned by Twitter, it's not a matter of whether he agrees with the satirical bits that Babylon B puts out or not. That's not it. He just didn't think that they should be shut down. If they want to express their point of view through satire, then they should be allowed to do this. This is who they are. This is what they do. It's opinion. It's supposed to be. It was advertised as a public place where people can say what they want to say. But some people don't like freedom of speech. Some people think that if you don't agree with them, well, you should just shut up. 
and you should be made to shut up. Okay, so he takes over Twitter, right? Now that he owns it, he's changing a few of the rules there. Part of what he's trying to do is get rid of a lot of the fake Twitter accounts that are just as they call bots, but basically they're fake Twitter accounts. But also, you know, they got that blue Twitter box for those people who use Twitter, which means that's the real person. Pick a celebrity, pick one of your favorite actors, and you see their name on Twitter. How do you know it's really them? Well, if they have a blue box by their name, it's them. That little check mark, blue check mark, that's really them. That's not somebody with the same name or someone pretending to be them. It's really them. Elon Musk said, well, if you're going to do that, you're going to pay $8 for the privilege. Now, that may not seem like a lot, but there's a lot of people who want those boxes. And so they're going to... Um, they're going to pay for that in in large number if they want to stay, if they want to be recognized as the real deal, right? That's going to bring in a lot of money to Twitter. But celebrities and politicians don't like the idea, I have to pay for this? Well, it's not like we're talking about people who can't afford the eight bucks. But maybe that's not the point. Hi, I'm Farrah McGrendelson. Will you be an angel for a helpless lib? Every day, innocent libs are ratioed, flamed, and even neglected. For just $8 a month, you can sponsor a liberal, providing them with a blue check, and more importantly, with hope. That's about the cost of one white chocolate low-whip almond milk latte light froth, or one gallon of gas. Call now. Your donation will provide identity verification, all the benefits of Twitter Blue, and a newfound sense of self-worth to a poor, needy lib. Plus, you'll receive a photo and regular updates from your sponsored lib. Everyone knows the only people worth listening to are blue checks. Don't let a lib become an absolute waste of a human being. Browse our database of needy libs today. Please act now, because due to inflation, $8 will soon be worth $4, and then you'll have to pay $16. Right now, there's a lib who's in need, and you can help. Don't wait. Every minute, more libs fade into obscurity. And even though they're definitively rich enough to pay for themselves, their liberal worldview dictates that you should be the one to shoulder the burden. It's the compassionate thing to do. I want it. I want it. It's okay. Elon Musk can't get you here. You're going to stay verified. Look at what you're doing to her, Elon. Yes, okay, these poor people out there. They just yell and scream. We go, eight bucks. Yeah, again, here, here's some actor that's worth, you know, like 50 million, 100 million. Well, they definitely have the money. Eight bucks to get that? Really? That's a big deal to you? By the way, coffee was mentioned in that bit, which made me think of... Hello, welcome to Coffee Cabana. Our special today is the popular mocha mocha kappa mocha kappa. What can I blend for you today? Uh, cup of coffee, please. Uh, I'm sorry? Uh, just, I'm sorry, just a regular size coffee, please. That's all. Oh, uh, I, I guess I don't understand. Uh... What part of that don't you understand? Well, for one, we have several different sizes. Petite, medium, alto, forte, muy grande, and crescendo. I, I, all right. I just want a small cup of regular coffee. Well, Please. But I... Uh... Okay, look. 
Point to the cup that's the smallest. Okay, there you go. That's the one. Oh, okay, I see. And what would you like at that? Coffee. And? Just coffee. But we have syrups and powders and toppings and frappalapalatas. Just coffee. Plain old coffee in a freaking cup. Oh, um. Look, I can take the cup. Perfect. Now, now, hold it under the coffee spout. Good. Now fill it up. There you, there you go. Now, give it to me. That's it. Yes, that's all. Well, how odd. And whatever. How much? Six fifty, sir. Sorry. Um, six fifty. How is this little cup of coffee more expensive? Than a gallon of gasoline in my car. I didn't even add any frappa, lapa, mocha, crap, or whatever to it. Well, sir, the beans are dried on solar panels. Never mind. And then we use wind power chicken. But we're green. Look, I'll give you 20 bucks if you don't say another word. Nope. uh, There you go. Good girl. Might I suggest trading that for a decaf? Woods for Chatham on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven twenty-two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Morning, Blue Eyes. She's in Douglas. Lee is in Laramie. Iety John, Granite Canyon. Jim is also in Laramie. A lot of Laramie people today. Wild Bill is in Laramie. Dave is in Torrington. Tumbleweed is in Lance Creek, Wyoming. NJ Cat is in Mills, Wyoming. Oh, by the way, since I got that message from Mills, okay, for those who didn't hear this yesterday, because I didn't hear the end of the program, let's talk about this real quick. Mills, Wyoming, this is what uh, NJ Cat is from Mills is sending me. So there's a plaza with a dollar store. It's kind of an old plaza in Mills. And Somebody was pulling up to park in front of the plaza where there's a church in the plaza next to the dollar store, right? Dollar General or whatever. And they accidentally hit the accelerator rather than the brake. Maybe their foot slipped or whatever and went right through the front door of the church. All right. Now, first off, from our friend here in Mills. Mills Church, how about the rundown? Oh, okay. Let let, let me set you up here. I was making the case, and I have a story about this, or an op-ed, if you will, on the Wake Up Moment website. Why do you people keep doing this? Why do you keep hitting buildings that we need? Every time, and I have a list for you, I'm about to read off. Every time somebody hits a building in Wyoming, it's a building we're using, we need. You never hit the junk. There's all sorts of buildings out there that we would love for you lousy drivers to plow down, but you never hit them, no. So our friend from Mills says, Mills Church, how about the run-down ghetto apartments down, uh, it, <laughs> landlord down? It doesn't care about the people who are in the building. Siding is falling off. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Send them notifications that they need maybe to move out. Yeah, that, that that's their rant here. That's his rant. So, okay, here's mine that I posted on the Wake Up Wyoming site. 
So I talk about the Mills Church in my story, first off, right? And then I bring up, hey, Chugwater. Morning, guys. I got some friends in Chugwater. Some years ago in Chugwater, Wyoming, at the time, population was 212. And they have one gas station in Chugwater. Now, they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. They're right by the interstate, but they're sort of, they're between Wheatland and Cheyenne, out in the middle of nowhere. They have one gas station. Somebody decides to plow through it, blow it up. So if they wanted to get more gas, if they're running low in their tank, and not just for their cars and trucks, these people are farmers and ranchers, they need fuel. They've got to drive all the way up to the next town, like maybe Wheatland or way down to Cheyenne fill up and come all the way back. By the time they do that, they need to refill again. So they're going to have to bring gas cans and so on. That, that went on for quite a while before Chugwater got a gas station back. A few years back, Gillette, Wyoming, someone ran right through a Walgreens. Well, there's was a couple of guys who were in a car huffing paint. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. How bad, how low do you have to get to start huffing paint? And they ran right through the Walgreens in Gillette. Oh, and then there was a reporter, Cowboy State Daily. Her apartment, and she suddenly winds up with a car in her apartment. It was a hit and run, by the way. The guy backs up and drives off. Police had to track the guy down. They did. The reporter for Cowboy State Daily says, I'm not into public shaming. She knows who she is, and I sincerely hope she uses this as an opportunity to take her life more seriously and be a more responsible human being. Let's see, I have several stories here. Oh, Rosette, Wyoming. Rosette, Wyoming, population 1,049, which when you look at Rosette, you might think, where? Oh, they're scattered out there, but that's the population. They don't have many buildings in Rosette. They really don't because they're mostly right next to Gillette, so they go to Gillette for everything, right? But they have a post office, one of the couple of buildings that they're using. The other building is a school, and then there's a strip club. Which would you rather hit? Yeah. And then there's a bunch of buildings that need to be torn down. But no, this driver's got to go right through the post office, right? Cheyenne, yeah, I've got one story after the next of Cheyenne vehicles plowing right through apartment buildings and so on. Oh, and you had a mayor a couple of years ago who was doing a fight the blight thing bulldozing old homes and old buildings that were falling apart that had become a hazard. But nobody ever hits one of those buildings. No. Whenever someone, for whatever reason, wipes out and hits a building, it's got to be something you're using, buildings we want. Let's get back to Chugwater real quick. A nice little town with some good people that are revitalizing the town, as small as it is. But there's some old houses and buildings that need to go. Yeah, but the guy who decides to plow into something, he doesn't hit any of those. There are some buildings which are mostly falling down anyway. They just need to finish the job. No, he doesn't hit any of those buildings, what's left of them. No, he goes for the one gas station. The one gas station. Has to blow it up, too. It takes that up. So here's my proposal. All right. If you're a lousy driver and you find yourself wiping out, intoxicated, whatever the case may be, please take aim at the buildings everybody wants to have taken down. You will be considered a hero. 
to the police department out there. I'm just proposing this, just a thought, to legislators across Wyoming. I'm just proposing this, just a thought, okay? If somebody hits a building that we need and want and we're using, give them a ticket for that. Cite them for that. If they hit a building that everybody was hoping would end up falling down or get plowed down sooner or later anyway, give them a pass. Don't cite them for that. Let them. We should encourage that kind of behavior. As long as nobody gets hurt anyway. But, oh, you knocked down that old building? That old shack? Thank you. We're not going to cite you for anything. Hope you're okay. Appreciate the good work, citizen. 7.30 is the time. Coming up on local news update on your weather forecast. Don Day with your weekend weather forecast. 7.45. We'll talk to him about that. Wake up, Wyoming. With the Wake Up Wyoming app, free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six of time. Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I did one race, I've been watching a couple of races to find out what's supposed to happen around the country with different races, House and Senate. One here in Wyoming, people keep asking me, I don't know. I might just have to call the city hall there and find out. Franny, Wyoming. So, back in the beginning, during the um, primaries, nobody wanted to run for mayor of Franny. Now, Franny is not a big town. It's a small, very small town. And nobody cared to run for mayor. So when it came to the primary, what are you going to do? So people wrote in candidates. But the two guys who ended up at the top of the heap at the end of that, neither of them wanted the job. So what is Franny to do? So I pictured a debate where the two candidates get up in front of the entire town, which again is not many people, and they debate why the other guy should be mayor, not them. We now go to Franny, Wyoming, where two candidates have been written in on the ballot since nobody wanted to run for mayor. Neither candidate wants the job. Both of them hope that you vote for the other guy. And now, tonight's debate. You don't want to vote for me, vote for him. I'm a, I'm a horrible person. Yeah, well, I'm horribler. You have no idea. I never mow my lawn, and I'm in violation of several city codes. Well, my restaurant is in violation of several health codes, and I don't even care. I illegally dump my trash in other people's garbage cans. Yeah, well, I walk my dog without a leash and don't pick up his poop. You think... He's bad for doing that. I've been stealing money out of the city's petty cash. Hell, I've been embezzling for years. I've been trying to sleep with all your wives. Nailed a few, too. Nah, I've been chasing all your daughters. I kick puppies. Don't you wish all political debates were like this? So what happened in the end there, just so you know, is there's a couple of people who stood up and said, okay, fine, put me on the ballot or whatever. I'll go ahead and be mayor if you need to be mayor. But I never did find out what was actually happening in Franny, Wyoming at the end of that. So I might just have to call City Hall. How'd you guys? Because I've been trying to look that up, and I haven't been able to figure it out. Now, another race I was kind of interested in, let's go down to Col Hey, Colorado, you're up. 
Lauren Bobert. This is the woman who owned the restaurant where she and all of the waitresses walked around with guns on their hips. Yeah. You walk in and find a bunch of very attractive waitresses there, and the owner, too, very attractive woman, and they're all carrying guns, open carry. Which, in some parts of Colorado, they love the idea, but there's some other people in Colorado that just, it horrified them. Very popular restaurant. She ran and won a seat in the House of Representatives. Now she has to run for re-election. She did come when Donald Trump came to Wyoming to endorse Harriet Hageman and have a rally for her. She was there speaking. Well, her race is really tight right now. Story says Colorado Republican former President Trump uh, uh, ally Lauren Boebert has inched slightly ahead of the Democrat challenger as votes are being tallied. Even today, they're still counting votes. Unexpectedly tight race. Freshman lawmaker vying to secure a second term. She's jumped forward in the count for the first time since tallying began. As of yesterday morning, she was narrowly behind the Democrat, but now she's just 60 votes ahead. Story says a controversial lawmaker now has moved ahead by, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, by today, I'm just looking at the new count here. She has about 1,100 votes difference. So she's about 1,100 votes ahead. She might clinch this. We'll see when they finally get done. It may be the end for her competitor. We'll see. Uh, the Coloradan was 33 years old when she defeated Representative Scott Tipton, a five-term incumbent, back in 2022. So she struggled to hold on to her support, the story says, through the election cycle. She has not given up on... Oh, and she she's using Twitter and groups like that, to, or you know, social media, to try to help her case. But we'll see, because we just got to count the ballots. And, of course, she has to give the Every Vote Matters speech and so on. Interesting to see her show up in public somewhere and speak, because, boy, does she love to dress. There is no way those blue jeans could be any tighter than they are when she walks out there. I wonder how she walks in those blue jeans. I honestly do. I wonder, does she not actually wear blue jeans? Did she just get them painted on? That's a possibility. She has been a guest on this program, by the way, before the Trump rally she called in. She was a firecracker to talk to. 742, wake up Wyoming. Well, the heating. Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Seven forty-five. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Baby, it's cold outside. Boy, it sure is. Yeah. I mean, I, I got, let me see, at least I'm in the double digits now. But some places were in the single digits this morning. Yeah, and some areas went below zero. Uh, up in the northern Bighorn Basin, up near the Montana line, we saw several locations drop a little below zero this morning. So if that isn't an indication of the times we're in, I don't know what it is. Yeah, okay. But now as we go through this, uh, the question people keep wanting to ask with this is, any wind coming with that cold? Because right now it's pretty calm out there. Right. So remember in winter's past, we talk about this, is that if you don't want a lot of wind in the winter, 
you just, it has to be cold okay. because when that cold air settles in, especially when it gets on both sides of the divide, cold air is heavier. It's more dense. It's mo- it's it's harder to move around. So you're not going to get much wind in this pattern. Um, might get a little bit of a breeze tomorrow as there's a slight warm up, but I'll tell you the cold air comes right back in during the day Sunday into Monday and Tuesday. So. Really not concerned about much wind at all, but okay. the, the cold is going to stick. I'm not going to complain about the cold because we don't have the wind, and we don't seem to have any snow with it. Not much. There's going to be a little bit of snow flurry activity during the day Monday and the Tuesday, especially up in the northeast. Um, but we don't see really much significant snow in the forecast through Wednesday, really right. just about anywhere. The air that's coming in is coming out of the very dry areas of northwest Canada. Now, there's a bit of a stronger system that may threaten us with some snow late next week. But right now, we're just going to okay. just have some cold just cold weather. Cold? Okay. So how long do you think does this? Because I know I, we kind of go up and down a little bit of course here. So how long does this stretch go, you think? A uh, full week, oh, at, at least, least through next Friday. And I think into the beginnings of next weekend. Now, after that, I do see a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. in the cold but this cold has got some staying power this is okay. essentially a a early mid-december type air mass that's right. in place so uh it's not going to warm up anytime soon all right thank you don have a great weekend don day with day weather off we go to frank Cambino. frank is all the way down in laramie because he's got some football coming up at the stadium not a single cloud in the sky nice. well, maybe way 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 uh-huh. wait, wait there's that one or is that wait, just wait, steam wait. from some building? No, I think it is. I think it's either the top of the mountains. No, there's some clouds way, way over there. Oh, okay, okay. It's, 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 it's pretty crystal clear here this okay, morning. Okay, nice. Okay. See, that's what it, Don was saying. That That's what keeps it at least still. That's good. Yes. So I looked this up for you, but I think we need to add a few things. So ways to stay warm during an outdoor winter football game like you're going to be doing. So Dress in layers. Yeah, okay. It says, yeah, layers. Windbreaker is good, but uh, wear thick undergarments. I would even say, you know, there's modern day, all covered, like long johns, if you will, made out of modern day materials. It's like having a second skin. Oh, okay. That'd be cool. Yeah. I, I wear two pairs of socks, but the socks really never match. Yeah, okay. But no one cares. No, yeah. It doesn't matter if they match or not. Wear mittens instead of gloves. Okay. Oh, these are good. Chemical electric hand warmers. Yeah, those are really, really yeah. good. And, and, and with your feet also. Well, yeah, and you know, it, the reason you put them at your extremities is that warms the blood way out there, which has to come all the way back. But you can stuff those all over the place. Okay. Uh, earmuffs, scarves, hat, sure. Mm-hmm. Eat hearty beforehand. Bring snacks. That helps. Hot okay. drinks. Uh, protect your vapes. Uh, Vaseline. Stay active. Move around. And if you can... Sit in the stands between a couple of fat guys. That's <laughs> I, I I have I have the the luxury of moving around. Right. So, um, so you, I'll, I'll okay. pass on that one. Thank you. you. You keep active there by moving around the entire time, so you don't have to worry about the fat. Oh, they, this is good. I want to try one of these. So I've been at several stores now that have a coat that is battery operated. It's got um, you know heating coils in it. Oh, I've seen those, yeah. Yeah, I want to try one of those. Because if you're going to sit out, how long does one of these games last? Two and a half hours. Okay. So if I'm going to sit outside in temperatures that are in the 
let's say, lower 30s to upper 20s, and then when it gets dark, it's going to get worse. I would really like to have a coat that's battery-operated, bring some extra batteries just in case, that just has heating coils throughout it keeping me warm. That sounds like a great idea. Even if it warmed you up one single degree, I'll yes, take it. Yeah. Now, we talked about yesterday. I love watching when the football players get really active and they start to steam Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just fun to watch, all of the steam just rising off of the players out there. I think that's great. But I think, now, I, I don't know, when you go to pick your seats for something like this, can you request your seats where you want to be? In this one, probably not. It's general admission, okay. except that some people can sit in the um, in the luxury boxes and pay extra. Ah, okay. Well, up there, that's heated. Yes. That's cheating. It is. Yeah, okay. But for the rest of those, though, since you can sit wherever you want, like I said, Find a couple of fat guys. We're sitting in the sun. All the high school football state championship games here today in Laramie, a War Memorial Stadium. The first game at noon today, 10-0 Lovell meets 9-1 Bighorn for the 2A title. Lovell lost to Lyman in last year's game. Lovell beat Bighorn 14-7 in the season opening game this season. And at 3 p.m., Cody will try and three-peat as the champions in three. They'll take on Star Valley. Cody is 10-0, but their quarterback, Luke Tallis, was injured in last week's semifinal game versus Buffalo. We'll see if he plays today. Star Valley is 9-2 and and gave Cody their closest game of the season this year at 35-25. Tomorrow morning at 10, Little Snake River from Bax will try and repeat a state champions. They'll take on Burlington and 1A six-man. Little Snake River really has been dominant this season, but Burlington has really been a tough group, too. Following that at 1 p.m., it's the 1A nine-man championship. Defending champion Shoshone at 9-1 takes on 10-0 Pine Bluffs. In the first week of the season, Pine Bluffs Beach is showing 34-26. Finally, in 4-8 uh, tomorrow at 4 p.m., defending champion Sheridan at 10-0 will take on 9-1 Cheyenne East. Uh, Sheridan beat East in the regular season uh, during the regular season in a very entertaining game, 42-39. to Coming up tomorrow in college football, it's a battle of the, for the bronze boot as the Wyoming Cowboys take on Colorado State in four columns. The bronze boot is the trophy is important, far more important than some rifle with a Utah school or some trophy with a school that's 3,000 miles away. Today, the ROTC attachments will run the ball from Larry to Fort Collins with a short ceremony at the border. And it can get chippy in rivalry games, so expect some of that. UW is 6-3 and three overall, 4-1 and one in Mountain West play. CSU is 2-7 and seven overall, 2-3 and three in league play. That's a 5 p.m. start from Fort Collins tomorrow. We'll have that for you on KT Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Men's College basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowboys beat Nickel State in Laramie 79-68 to 68 last night. Brandon Wenzel had 20 points. That's a career high. Hunter Maldonado had 12. Cowboys had a big advantage on the backboards, 45-31, to 31, and they will host Southeastern Louisiana on Sunday at 2 p.m. at the AA in Laramie. And the Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team will start the season this afternoon at North Dakota, so the Heather Rizal era is underway. Cowgirls did have two exhibition wins over Colorado Christian and Sioux Falls, so we'll see how the season goes. And it's a noon start today in Grand Forks, and that's it in sports. So let me ask you here. So normally it was, you know, heat out there. You were watching a baseball game in summertime. Of course, you got to have beer, right? When it gets this cold, are you still drinking beer, or do you go for the warm drinks? Well, you, you, I've been told that you, you think you're warmer, but you're not. Okay. You know, if you, yeah, you I start, think that's you true. Know, yeah. One of those... Um, I mean, flasks are a staple right. of cold-weather football. Right. I'll take it. Okay. So, not beer, but a flask instead. And I would bet there's a lot of hot chocolate stuff like that going around. Now, that's not to say you can't spike your hot chocolate, just tossing that out there. Well, no, no, and people do frequently, yeah. I, I am sure that happens quite a bit. In fact, if you can get uh, evidence of that, 
Send pictures, Frank. <laughs> All right. Next hour, we'll do it. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. We're rolling to news time after that. National, local, update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it. It is open phones on a Friday, and I'm in a spectacularly good mood as usual, so it's not all hard news. Although I got a little bit of that next hour, just a little bit. Let's wake up my own. Six the time it's uh, Friday and I'm glad you made it. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Hold the calls for just a minute, Micah. Good idea. Several other people too. Hey, Veterans Day. True. Go hug your vet. You know a veteran somewhere? Go ahead and give them a hug, even if they don't like hugs and they think it's icky. Probably a good idea to do that. So first off, one of the requests I got was a history of Veterans Day. Let's go way back. On October 29th, 1918, despite facing sure defeat, Germany planned to dispatch its sailors into another battle with the British Royal Navy. A major mutiny erupted among the sailors, which in turn triggered a German revolution. After the revolutionaries proclaimed a republic on November 9th, the German Kaiser fled to the Netherlands. The Allied Commander-in-Chief, Marshal Ferdinand Falk of France, along with Matthias Erzberger, who was a representative for Germany, were the principal negotiators for each side, and on the 11th of November, an armistice had been signed. Signed in a railway carriage in France's Compiègne Forest, the armistice marked complete defeat for Germany. It was signed at 5 a.m., however, only came into effect at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. Traditionally, Canadian Private George Lawrence Price is regarded as the last Commonwealth soldier killed in World War I. Shot by a German sniper, Price died at 10.58. American Henry Gunther was killed 60 seconds before the ceasefire went into effect, allegedly charging German troops who were aware armistice was upon them. Despite being regarded as the end of the First World War, the armistice only ended fighting. A state of war remained between the Allied powers and Germany until the Treaty of Versailles was signed on the 28th of June, 1919. Proclaimed Armistice Day in the United States by President Woodrow Wilson on November 11, 1919, this holiday was meant to reflect with solemn pride the heroism of those who died in the country's service. In the United States, an act approved in 1938 officially made the 11th of November of each year a legal holiday, and that day was to be dedicated to the cause of world peace. In 1953, a Kansas shoe store owner began a campaign to turn Armistice Day into All Veterans Day. Quickly, the idea built steam and was eventually signed into law in 1954. The word armistice was replaced with veterans, and from then on, the day was intended to celebrate all military veterans of the United States. Other allied countries celebrate November 11th in different ways. Many Commonwealth countries celebrate Remembrance Day on the specific day, or Remembrance Sunday, which falls on the second Sunday of November. France, Belgium, and Poland all celebrate the signing of the armistice on the 11th. 
A moment of silence is traditionally held at 11 a.m. on the 11th of November to remember sacrifices of the armed forces and of civilians in times of war. So remember to go hug your vet today. And I got more on this. But first, hanging on the line, Carrie from LaPorte, Colorado, about Ukraine. Morning. Good morning, Glenn. Happy uh, Friday to you. Thank you. Hey, did you, uh, um, during this last uh, segment of news, uh, I'm not sure if you listen or not, did you uh, catch that little jab toward Biden uh, from the, I think it was the Russian um, government news? No, I missed that one. What'd you get? Oh, my gosh. This is so hilarious. You're going to get a kick out of it. Okay. So they're announcing that they had to pull out of the Western part of this huge city in southern Ukraine, the Russian um, right. army had to pull out. Yeah. And then the jab was, but they left no military equipment behind. <laughs> oh, that, I, the one that was so quick, I missed that one. That's perfect, because, you know, what we do, like pulling out of Afghanistan, is le- we leave billions of dollars worth of equipment behind, and then we send the money. Might have lost them there. You still there? Oh, yes, sir. Okay. So, yeah, I think that that's a perfect little jab, and I'm glad they got with that one in there. And I'm wondering how many people heard it, and like you, it registered. That's just perfect. It was, wasn't it? And then, you know, uh, let's just say today's Veterans Day. I yeah. am a veteran. Okay. And then I think when, when I heard that, I'm like, there you go, Russia. Right. One, I, I will say this, one good one for the Russian uh, media. Right. Now, to be fair about this, though, we're, we're talking about the Russian media here. Up to this point, whenever the Russians have left an area, they just got up and left, and they left all of their equipment behind. Their tanks, any kind of other vehicles, missiles, guns, bullets of every single kind, they just left it all behind. So it's actually kind of surprising that they actually they pulled out in such a way that it was organized, not just their troops getting up out of their foxholes and walking off. Very true, very true. That yeah. was, I mean, I just love that jab. That was so No, that awesome. was absolutely even perfect. If the, even if the Russian government did leave, yeah. you know, a lot of stuff like you just brought up, that's so awesome that they had that little jab <laughs> yeah, right toward that uh, Absolutely perfect. All right, hey, Carrie, thank you for your service. Thank you, Glenn. Have All a great day. You too. So it is uh, Veterans Day. And thank you for bringing that up, Mike. I, I did know it was a uh, – today was Veterans Day. But she said, well, you do so. A little, little something you – a know, good idea. Here's a story I came across. Veterans Day is a time to do more than just say thank you. True. It reads, now that Veterans Day has once again rolled around, I want to take a moment to remind everyone it's not just a day to give thanks or worse, simply make plans to take the day off from work. To be clear, um, not disconnecting the value of offering thanks to those who have served. It means a lot. He says, he has one neighbor, a woman in her 70s, who crossed the street every year without fail to say hi to me. Thank you for your service on Veterans Day. Every Veterans Day, this old lady would walk across the street to thank him. It almost always catches me off guard, and my day is a bit brighter because of it. So if you were to have the opportunity, please don't be shy. But there are there's far more work to be done, he says. The task is endless. He said, I am fortunate enough to enjoy a good life when I return to the civilian world and I don't carry much in the way of scars, not just physically, but mental scars he's talking about. 
seen and unseen that so many veterans do carry. Not everyone is so lucky. Some of our veterans are grievously injured and toil with disabilities that will impact them for the rest of their lives. Thankfully, there are organizations out there that help them overcome some of these challenges. One of those organizations, Home for Our Troops, they construct and refurbish homes, making them accessible to people with physical limitations, confined to wheelchairs and so on. They provide those homes for the disabled veterans at little or no cost, if required. And there's that. Let's also think about those people, again, who are, it's the unseen scars. And those are people who definitely do need help, especially if you know them personally, those unseen scars. Or if that approach is not one that interests you, he says a simpler way to reach out and just make veterans receive a surprise card in the mail, something like that. And there's organizations that do that. One is called A Million Thanks. They operate year-round, sending cards to veterans. Just a few ideas. In Wyoming, which does have a high suicide rate among veterans especially, I would say if you do know someone, remember those unseen scars. And what you can do, and there's community, or not just you can do, there's community organizations around the state that help veterans. Easy to look up if you know someone in need in any way. 815. Wake up, Wyoming. Here's your morning update in the Wyoming. Faster than a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Late 19, now 820 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. So based on what I was just saying about veterans a moment ago, and today is Veterans Day. And I said, even if they're not a touchy-feely person, go hug your veteran today and tell them thanks. Kevin in Wheatland. A lot of guys coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq where I was surprised to find they have as much in common with Vietnam vets. True. And again, those hidden scars. It, it's one thing when you see the outward scars, you know, someone who was injured in battle in some way. But it's the in, inward scars I think we really have to worry about because we don't always know that they're there. Philip and Casper, he said, good morning, Glenn. Uh, thank you for the Veterans Day highlight i am u.s navy and it made us smile uh also estrom in thermopolis uh no that's not the one i was looking for which is the one i was looking for um someone here who goes and hangs out with veterans at the vfw hall yeah it's a great idea um and thank you for micah she mentioned how about just mentioning what Veterans Day is all about. And so, yeah, that's the highlight for you there. And then Rianne from Fort Danger, who just writes me, Cinnamon Whiskey. Okay, fine. I, whatever makes you happy this weekend, Rianne. I'm okay with that. All right, 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Federal judge said to, to Joe Biden, uh, no, it's unconstitutional. He hears that a lot, doesn't he? That would be the student loan forgiveness thing. Here's the story. Federal judge in Texas. Oh, there's Texas again. Why does Texas keep doing this? A federal judge in Texas on Thursday struck down Biden administration's student debt forgiveness plan. And apparently in a key administration priority that would have canceled up to about $20,000 in student debt for millions of borrowers. 
Biden administration plan is an unconstitutional exercise in Congress's legislative power. Now, pause just for a moment there. See, even I said that, and I'm not a judge. I don't have that kind of training. But the mo- even the Wicked Witch of the West, Nancy Pelosi, said that. Even she said that. Don't think the president has the power to do this. He doesn't. He can't just write a law. Quote, no one can plausibly deny that there is either one of the largest delegations of legislative powers to the executive branch or one of the largest exercises of legislative power without congressional authority in the United States, in the history of the United States, said the judge. And of course, the Biden administration will appeal the verdict. And this is like a 25-page opinion here where he just kind of rips into Biden and the administration for trying just to say, we're just going to forgive their debt. And again, that's something Congress does, not something the president does. Now, in the meantime, there's already a website up. They're already taking names. All sorts of people have applied for this. The judge goes on in his opinion to point out something which I think is important, that it doesn't even solve the problem, really. Oh, you can go ahead and forgive some debt of some people. Go ahead, do that. But what about people who are still accruing debt? People are just signing up for college. The judge goes into what the problem really is. Colleges, universities finding ways to jack up the price. Not only are courses more expensive, but they require kids take more courses, most of those courses have nothing to do with the degree they're trying to get. Pick a profession that might need a college degree. Just pick a, any profession that might need a college degree, right? The colleges will not only make those courses more expensive, but add on classes that have nothing to do with the profession that that kid has chosen. And this just continues to ramp up the price. Now, part of the reason that universities, local colleges started to do that was because government got involved in the whole, whole student loan process. So they can charge whatever they want, as much as they can, rake in all sorts of money. Don't worry, the taxpayer is going to pay for this. Who cares if the kid graduates or if the kid does graduate? Who cares if they get a job in that profession? Who cares if their degree is useless? which it usually is. Depends on what they want to do for a living. I, look, there are times that someone does need a degree, okay? But again, most of the classes that they take, many of the classes they take, have nothing to do with what they're trying to get a degree in. Colleges could, universities also could bring down the cost of college substantially if they just focused on, so this is the profession you want, here are the classes you need to take to be trained in that, and that's all you have to take. Fewer classes, less time to graduate, less money. But again, universities are trying to make as much as possible because you and I are supposed to pay for all of this. Remember, government took over the student loan program. Remember that? That's how this whole problem got started. This is one of the reasons why I always go back to a free market solution. If you really want to solve this, get government out of universities, community colleges, and so on. Quit subsidizing them. Quit sending them all sorts of grants. 
Oh, no, if they did this, I know a lot of colleges that have become dependent on this would start to fall apart. That even includes our beloved University of Wyoming. We'll start having serious financial trouble if government got out of subsidizing colleges. Even our own University of Wyoming would start having problems. But my answer to that is, well, good, let them have these problems. Because they need to start narrowing down on what really matters for a student in school, which is the education that they actually need to get into that profession. Because we're talking about, frankly, the future of these kids that are going for whatever the profession is. If a kid shows up to college and they're asked, so what do you want a degree in? I don't know. Then why are you here? Now, there's something that I found that happens a lot. People graduate high school. Now we're going to go on to college. All right. So they go on to college for what? What is it you want to be? I don't know. Well, okay, let's get you started in classes. For, for why? Why would, you, why would you want to start them in classes if they don't know what they want to be? And so they get a degree in what exactly? And I remember one of the few times I've ever seen my brother-in-law raise his voice. There were some young ladies that were in the living room. This is part of uh, friends of my oldest niece. And they were discussing graduating college. And he asked them, what did you get degrees in? And they named, I got this degree in literature. And they named all these other degrees. And he looked at them and actually raised his voice, which is rare for him, and said, what exactly are you going to do with those degrees? Because you can't take those degrees to an employer. I got a degree in this. And expect to get a job in that. Yeah, I, I, you got a degree in literature and you're going for what kind of a job? Unless you're going to teach literature, what what does that do, really? And we a lot of times kid around about underwater basket weaving and so on. But, you know, there's all sorts of social degrees. And I don't mean social studies. I mean modern-day woke social degrees that people can get, which has nothing to do with a job, a profession. So if I were in charge, and Lord knows you don't want me in charge of things like this, and some, some young person who just got out of high school came to my college and said, okay, so I'm going to start college, and I asked them, what do you want to do? What is your chosen profession? and they told me, I don't know, then I would send them on their way. Then don't waste your money. Don't waste your money. When you finally decide what you want to do with your life, if it requires a college degree, then come back and we'll help you out. But don't show up with just, I don't know. Uh, let me see, Grandpa Rich. Please tell all the veterans, one Vietnam veteran, that's him. Uh, salute to the others. Hey, welcome home to the Vietnam vets and Gulf War vets. Yeah. Red and Casper, they say it is to make you well-rounded. Oh, yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true, Red. you got to get your degree because it helps you get well-rounded or, or take all these extra classes which have nothing to do with your profession because it makes you more well-rounded. Well, you can do that on your own. You don't need their help. Coming up at 830. Wake up, Wyoming.
Trio. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I'm watching now, on the, although I only turned it up for a moment and I had to turn it off. I can't stand it. On the ridiculously large television that's off to my right over here, the president is in Egypt speaking at the climate conference. Now, before I get into it, I want you to picture all of these world leaders. The president showed up. There's Air Force One, but there's a backup to Air Force One that flies with him. And then there's another big plane that carries all of the SUVs and limos and so on. And there's a backup. And then there's another plane that carries the press. So that's what goes to Egypt. Imagine the size of that carbon footprint. Now, from all over, there's all of these world leaders, celebrities, and so on. And they all show up in their big planes and SUVs and et cetera, et cetera, and talk about how we need to reduce our carbon footprint. That's what's happening right now in Egypt. So <laughs> I got a little bit of climate change news lined up for you here. I'm just watching. I, I, here's why I'm hesitating. I turned this on. I turned the TV on to listen to the president. And I lasted maybe about eight seconds and I shut it off because I thought, oh, Lord, just the garbage that I'm hearing and talk about, not even science. I was going to say junk science, just junk. Al Gore, ladies and gentlemen. You're driving a big car. I come on your radio. I say the end's close. You just say no. I say it's global warming, but you call me a liar. But this planet's on fire. First headline from Climate Depot, which I recommend you go to that website whenever you can. Climate Depot. Egypt's Mount Sinai to receive Climate Justice Ten Commandments during the UN Summit. Interfaith climate repentance ceremonies, or what they're going to have. So they're going to go up to Mount Sinai and have a climate repentance ceremony. Christian, Muslim, Jewish, and other religious figures will participate in a UN conference on climate change that is taking place this week. It's what's on the TV next to me. In conjunction with the UN event, and lead, faith leaders will be taking action in this as well. So the faith-based solution, this makes sense to me because this is a religion. When I call it the cult of climate change, I do that for a reason. It's a doomsday religion. On Sunday, the organization holds a climate repentance ceremony. Put forth a prophetic call to action partnering with organizations like the Climate Repentance Ceremony and Ten Commandments event, again, will happen on the Sinai Peninsula and up on Mount Sinai. The area is traditionally believed to be the location, again, of biblical Mount Sinai, Ten Commandments, all of that. 
So you can see what they're trying to do here. Bring religion into this. So for those of you who don't believe in the cult of climate change, but you are religious, this is how they hope to indoctrinate you. All right. That's part one I have. Now, story number two. Climate activists. Whoa. We're shipping way too much natural gas. I got to remember to throw this in. Just a moment ago, while you guys were in that news and information break, I sit here way too much. I just sit in this chair way too much in the morning to get all sorts of work done and to do this program. So I'll get up and stretch my legs, right? So I go out to the back door of the station, which is sort of raised up. I'm on the second floor. I open up the back door, and across the river, the Platte River is right behind me, train tracks. And a train's going by, and it has one car after the next with multiple wind turbine blades on it. And I'm looking at the wind turbine blades thinking, are those things flammable? Because I could really use some warmth this winter. It's already really cold. We finally got up to 17 degrees here where I'm at right now. This morning it was in the single digits. We're going to have some really cold nights this winter. So the only way those wind turbine blades are going to keep us warm is if they're flammable. Other than that, are there wind turbine blades where you are right now? It is really calm out there. It is really calm and has been for days. So the wind turbines are not turning. It's been that way for days. Now, as the cold front was moving in, we had a lot of wind. And in some places was too windy for the wind turbines to be used. They had to shut them off. They, you've seen it. They do that by turning the blades into the wind so they can't spin. Yeah, so they shut them off because it was too windy to use them as the front moved in. Now, the front, according to Don Day, it's like two weeks of just cold weather, really cold, and no wind, which means no wind turbines. What's keeping you warm right now? Thank you, natural gas and coal. Story in front of me here says, the war-inspired natural gas boom is undermining already insignificant efforts to limit future warming of the planet, of course. Just a few more degrees. Planning and build up a liquefied and other natural gas due to an energy crisis triggered by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Pause right there. It wasn't just that. Climate activists were already putting the squeeze on energy like this before Russia invaded Ukraine. So it wasn't just that. Anyway, it would add about 2 billion tons of carbon dioxide a year to the air if we start using all of this natural gas. Well, again, that's a good thing, as I've explained before. It's, CO2 is not a pollutant. It is plant food. I've explained this to you multiple times. Happy to do it again if anyone wonders what I'm talking about. And CO2 is not causing catastrophic climate change. I've quoted multiple scientific studies from many scientists showing this. The story says that's enough greenhouse gas to hinder, if not catastrophically hinder, the chances of achieving 1.5 degrees Celsius. They have this idea somehow that all they have to do is get us to just dial back the CO2 in the air just the right amount. And somehow that stabilizes the planet's atmosphere. 
But, of course, that's not how that works. If you know science, you know that's not how this works. Dialing back the CO2 level a bit does not affect the weather as much as you might think. In fact, I wonder, I might just have, there's a uh, climate scientist, I haven't played him in a little while here. Let's see if I can find him real quick. And he says exactly that. And this was the guy that I played for you a while ago that was on BBC. And on BBC, he was asked by a uh, the, the anchorman on BBC about this. And he did not say what the BBC news anchor wanted him to say. And again, this is a, a, a an actual climatologist or an actual scientist, if you will. Let's see. Is this him here? I think it might be. Let's see if I found the right one. Well, let's just look at the data as they are. Let's test the claims that people make about the climate itself. And so I'm one of those people that builds data sets to test those claims. And it, the models or a theory is not doing very well in describing what the climate's doing. I think it's more the uh, natural disasters that we hear about, whether it's hurricanes or floods or so on. But if you took a very careful look with consistent data over long periods of time, you will find that these disasters are not increasing. In fact, the health of the world is increasing uh, tremendously. Uh, for example, deaths from weather disasters and so on has gone down about 95 percent in the last hundred years. So we know how to handle the weather uh, disasters that come along, and they really aren't increasing in intensity or frequency either. What you see most is passion on this, and what we need in this debate is dispassionate discourse, and which uh, is brought to bear when you bring data. You'll find that these floods are not increasing at some kind of strange rate, or heat waves are not increasing. We've got the data show it, to show it. Our ignorance of the climate system is enormous. If it were correct, what it shows is that we don't even know how the fundamental heat processes of the, of the atmosphere works. And so the models, the theory, the understanding is just still way off from reality at this point. Climatologist Dr. John Christie. Wake up, Wyoming. Well, the heating. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. 8.49 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Frank Gambino, who's in Laramie, Wyoming. And I'm actually going to talk sports with Frank. Don't fall over shocked, okay? Frank? No, no, it's okay. No, You'll get all the wrong answers from me. That's, yeah. that's fine. No problem. I, I can give you more wrong answers than you can give me. You have on Wild Preps the 2022 2A football state championship previews. There's videos. There's the teams. Are there favorites out there? I would say not in, 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 in some classes, I would say yes. I think in 3A, Cody is the favorite in 3A. You know, Little Snake River in 1A six-man, 1A nine-man is a toss-up. I think even in 4A, Sheridan may be favored, but that could be a toss-up. And and Lovell against Bighorn today in the 2A game, I think that's a toss-up too. So, you know, there's there's probably three that have some favorites, but, you know, two at least. But but three of them, you're like, hmm, you really don't know what's going to go on here until you watch, which is cool. I would like to see, you know, we do have still some one-room schoolhouses in Wyoming. Two teams show up. Basically, it's one guy per school. Toss them the football. Let them have it out. Right there in the middle of that massive field. Just one guy per school. Let's see what happens. 
the uh, the closest we can get is the um, the six man ranks where, yeah. like we mentioned before, these smaller schools are in, they're, they're they're total enrollment maybe fifty or less. Right. You know, so when you when they bring out the, the team, there's only like in some cases maybe like only nine or ten. That's why I told you about there, that maybe. guy I met in North Carolina, really big athletic dude that had no interest in sports whatsoever. Oh no. Every single student and teacher and faculty member. Oh, you're playing. Oh, yeah. He had no choice in the matter. Well, we'll have high school football here in Laramie this afternoon with two of the five state championship games. Two today, three tomorrow at War Memorial Stadium. First up at noon, 10-0 Lovell will meet 9-1 Bighorn for the 2A championship. A Lovell lost to Lyman in last year's title game. And Lovell beat Bighorn 14-7 in that season opening game this season. At 3 p.m., Cody and Try and 3 peep as the state champions in 3A. And they'll take on Star Valley. Cody's 10-0, but their quarterback, Luke Talis, was injured in the last week's semifinal game versus Buffalo. We'll see if he plays today. Star Valley is 9-2, and and Cody and gave Cody their closest game of the season, 35-25 to during the regular season. Tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., little segment from Bags. We'll try and repeat as the 1A six-man champs. They'll stick on Burlington. Little State Real River really has been dominant this season. Burlington has been a tough group, too. Following that at 1 p.m., it's the 1A nine-man championship. Defending champion Shoshone at 9-1 will take on 10-0 Pine Bluffs. In the first week of the season, Pine Bluffs beat Shoshone 34-26. Finally, at 4 p.m. tomorrow, defending champion Sheridan at 10-0 will play for the 4A championship, taking down 9-1 Cheyenne Sheridan beat East in the regular season in a very entertaining game, 42-39. Coming up tomorrow on college football, it's the border war as the Wyoming Cowboys travel to Fort Collins to take on Colorado State. The bronze boot trophy is an important deal in this, far more important than some rifle with a Utah school or some trophy with a school that's 3,320 miles away. Today, the ROTC attachments from uh, will run the ball from Laramie to Fort Collins and a short ceremony at the border. And then, you know, rivalry games can get tricky. And you can expect some of that. UW is six and three overall, four and one in Mount West play. CSU is two and seven overall, two and three in late play. That's a five PM start for Fort Collins tomorrow. We'll have that for you on Keatsha Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys are two and zero oh after a seventy nine sixty eight win over Nickel State last night in Laramie. Brendan Wenzel had twenty points for the Cowboys and the hundred mile mile she's in twelve. The uh, Cowboys will host Southeastern Louisiana on Sunday at 2 p.m. at the Double A. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team starts the season this afternoon at North Dakota, so the Heather Isbell era is underway for the Cowgirls, who did have two exhibition wins over Colorado Christian and two balls. So we'll see how the season goes, and that's a new start today from Grand Forks. And that's it sports. Wild Preps, download it. Keep up with everything that's happening with all these football all games. All day today. Because Frank is all there. All day tomorrow. There you go. Frank is covering it all. You can follow it on Wild Preps. All right, Frank, we'll do it again next hour. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local update on your weather forecast. Oh, look, wind turbine blades do burn. Wow. That's the only way we're going to get heat out of them. Let's wake up Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me last hour of the program. Open phones. Talk about what you want. Vince, before we get to the weekend, get it out of your system. 888 97 Woods. 
is the phone number. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So last hour, I'm going to continue this for a bit because some people sent me some stuff. I was talking the whole cult of climate change thing because another climate summit is happening, this time in Egypt. And they are turning it religious. They're actually going to go to Mount Sinai with Ten Commandments of Climate Change, things like that. Religious leaders up there. It's a doomsday cult. Well, here's part of the way they... And Oh, I did look this up. I looked out the back door of this radio station across the river, across the Platte River. There's trains going by. And these trains are hauling wind turbine blades. Now, the temperature out there is in the teens. It was in the single digits earlier this morning. Wind is not blowing. It hasn't been for days. When the wind was blowing, it was blowing too much, and they had to shut the wind turbines off. And then the wind stopped blowing. So when are we supposed to get the energy to keep warm? And I thought, well, if the wind turbine blades are actually flammable, we could. Yes, there are parts of the wind turbine blades that will burn. Not all of it, because it's a, it's a conglomerate of material. It's not just one material there, okay? But yes, you can actually set these things on fire. If that's the case, then we can all keep warm. Don't worry, we're saved. The wind turbine blades will keep us warm. We'll set them on fire. Because, dear Lord, if we actually construct the wind turbine, we'll never keep warm because they're not providing energy for us. I'm so glad we have coal plants out there and natural gas. Part of what I was reading while you were in that news and information break, I read this. Cement manufactured one of the largest sources of carbon dioxide emissions. Cement's key is the key ingredient in the kilns that and, and other ingredients mixed into what goes into a wind turbine uh, itself. Okay, but it goes to other elements. It goes into the blades and so on. In order to make the blades, you're heating things at 1,450 degrees Celsius. And that means in order to get that hot, this story says you have to burn something like coal. But companies are increasingly trying to find other ways to do that. And how, how do you get that hot in order to make the wind turbine blades? You're going to have to burn. See, in order to make wind and solar panels, you have to reach a certain temperature that you're not going to get with other wind and solar panels. You're gonna have to, for those people who wanna keep it in the ground, you will not be able to make your wind or solar or electric cars or any of these things without burning coal or natural gas or something like that. It's not going to happen. Okay, so the European Union cement industry is using alternative materials, but still, they, the pollution that comes from some of this stuff yeah, that's part of the problem as well. The pollution that comes with some of this stuff. It's just worse than actually just burning coal. 
Okay, hang on. We got to get into the weekend, and we can't do this without Judy having a chance to vent. Hi, Judy. Well, good morning, Glenn. I'm in a little better mood. Okay. Um, now, over the last few days, I've thought about it, and uh, I think the elections have been stolen for a lot longer than we even know, because if you think about it, how does, like, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and all of these guys manage to stay in office for 30 or 40 years? Mm-hmm. You know, some people have to die off eventually, you know? Right. And... Unless the dead are still voting for these guys, that's uh, how they're staying in. Okay, wait, wait, I have a theory on that. Okay, when we get to election time, you notice, of course, the Democrats always have to go out there uh, to, the, to the graveyards and collect votes, right? I think they're actually, well, I think they're doing a public service. Look, we fought a revolution in part over taxation without representation, right? So, Judy, do we tax the dead? Well, you know, they tax us uh, afterward, Dad. Yes, after so we do tax the dead. Therefore, they have a right to vote. So the Democrats are just trying to help out. Now, why does your Republican uncle vote Democrat after he dies? Answer, brain-dead zombies. Yeah, it has to be. Okay. In another another uh, point I wanted to make, uh, Drew Perkins lost his race up here. Right. And now he's going to slide into the chief of staff under uh, Mark Gordon. Uh, yeah. Don't you find that a little bit odd? I mean, yeah. uh, the guy is obviously not wanted in government or he won his election. Right. I could tell you a story about me paying him $5,000 to do some uh, work for us. Um, on my uh, mother-in-law's estate, he kept the money and told me to go, you know, pee up a rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just the kind of man Drew Perkins is. And uh, to see him under Mark Gordon, it just proves that we have more rhinos in our government than we even knew before. Okay. Um, secondly, the clerks of court didn't follow uh, the guy who's standing in until uh, Chuck Gray takes over right. about getting rid of drop boxes and all of that. Mm-hmm. They just thumb the nose at him. Right. So I think maybe next time around we need to get rid of some of these clerks of court, too. They don't seem to be following the laws that are put down in this state. Okay. Um, down in Arizona, I, I have never seen this before in my life. What a disgrace. I mean, you got people down there showing you that they're filling out ballots while they're sitting at tables and nothing's being done about it. That's why I have no faith in our voting system anymore. It's over for me. Um, I think next time, uh, you know, it comes up voting time, I'm just going to vote for the president and to hell with the rest of it. I'm just, I'm over it. Oh, okay. So you don't think your, you don't think your vote matters at all anymore? Nope, I don't think it matters at all. Why is it taking so long in Arizona? Florida had 7 million okay. uh, ballots. We got them counted by the end of the night. What about Arizona? here in the state of Wyoming? Do you think there's voter integrity here in the state of Wyoming? I think we got problems up here, too. Okay. So I'm, just, right. I'm over it. Until we clean up the voter rolls in all 50 states, put voter ID in place, uh, get rid of the voter harvesting, and uh, make the courts quit playing games with our voting uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's it for me i'm just I, i'm disillusioned something awful okay sorry to hear that i hope you have a good weekend anyway yeah you guys do okay Bye.
and protected because I made this hat from aluminum foil. Where I had this foil line in case an alien's inclined to probe your butt or read your mind. You're listening to the radio. <laughs> Take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 920 is the time. So, Judy, if you're still out there, there's people out there who love it when you call. Just so you know, whenever you call, I get a bunch of compliments. I-80 John, Casper is now safe for the weekend. Rhiannon yeah. for Danger, tell Judy don't give up. That's what they want us to do. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods is the phone number. Off I go to John in Torrington about Wyoming. Call morning, John. Good morning, Glenn. So uh, <clears throat> I just uh, two two things regarding voting and whatnot. You know, I was an election judge, a caucus member, precinct captain, and all that. We have to get young people involved in the election process so they understand it. And if it needs changing, they can be involved in the change. You got to make it fun for them, interesting, because that's the future. That that truly is the future. If we don't do that, then we're going to end up like Colorado. I hate to say it. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of how it goes. Now, with regard to Wyoming coal, I'm, I have an optimistic viewpoint for Wyoming. I think Governor Gordon, he's a smart guy in many ways, and he's been fighting <clears throat> legally to get our coal shipped to the west coast so that it can be exported you know not even not even so much burned here but exported wyoming could be like the alaska of the lower 48 right it could get to where we could get a check each year not pay taxes but that's how it is up in uh, alaska Mm -hmm. yeah so i just think people should get get behind that whatever it takes and see if we can push that through. And I know sure. it's not easy. But not that's easy to a- do. A couple of things I'd like uh, Governor Gordon to stop doing. Carbon sequestration is nonsense. <clears throat> Just get rid of that. But also, did you? this ought to make your weekend, John. Did you know that in Germany, even before the invasion of Ukraine and all of that, Germany was having a problem with its wind and solar, and so started turning on coal, natural gas plants, and nuclear plants. Just recently... They had to. They were turning on a coal plant that they had mothballed, and they needed to get at the coal, which is right next to the power plant. In order to get at the coal, they had to tear down a wind farm. <laughs> just poetic, isn't it? <laughs> I just made my whole week when I read that, you know. But that's what it comes down to. If you really need the energy and you need it to be reliable and inexpensive – then I'm sorry, you got to tear down your wind turbines to get at the coal. I think that says it all. I think that that's a, you're right. Poetic is is a great is a great yeah. word. But anyway, I'd, I'd say we stick by our guns, yes, so to absolutely. speak, out here in Wyoming, and you know, use these resources. <clears throat> People need them. Yep. Just get behind it to the extent you can. Yeah. And as I said, with regard to the voting, get the young people involved in it. Make it yep. fun for them. Make it interesting because that's the future. All right. Thank you, John. Have a great weekend. Triple Eight Ninety Seven. What's the phone number? Eight 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 Ninety Seven. W O O D S. Blue Eyes and Douglas. That's here. Message. I'll get to in just a moment. UN Climate Change Conference targeting cow farts and fossil fuels. All right. First off, as you know, I reject 
fossil fuels. It's organic fuels. We've talked about this before. There's no such thing as a fossil fuel. If I were to hand you a fossil and say to you, get me energy out of that, you can't. But coal, natural gas, and oil come from organic materials, not fossilized materials. It's a different story. So it's organic. It's natural, by the way. So, okay, here's what the story says in front of me. Oh, and by the way, um, cow farts. Really? We're going to... Okay. So, COP... COP27 is what they're calling. COP27 is what they're calling this climate conference. Doom and gloom is what they've been talking about for the past couple of days. Headline, real-world actors share progress and strengthen resolve at open of global climate action agenda. Sounds important, doesn't it? Okay, not exactly. Basically, it's just a press release, nothing behind it at all. Okay, so in step with COP27's focus, the implementation, they are going to explore how to make good on some promises that they've made for a net zero future, which is impossible, but okay. It's staged in the wake of several reports on climate action, which will address current implementations and try to deliver for once this time because they constantly have these meetings and they never get done what they promised they're going to get done. Even Greta, that young lady, is not happy. The yearbook reports annually on the progress of the states and find that the states are just not keeping up with their promise. So the UN Food Agency aims to launch a plan within a year to make the world's food system more, here was, here's that word again, sustainable. The plan would show how food industry and farming can align with the world's goal of capping global warming at 1.5 degrees. Impossible, again, but I'll get into why at some other time. The hope is that such a plan would act in similar ways with the release of a report for the energy sector which they plan to push investment into technology which is currently failing. And a lot of what they were doing here, again, we've got to stop with the global emissions. African nations will be allowed to develop fossil fuel resources. <gasps> African nations must be allowed to develop coal and natural gas resources to help lift their people out of poverty, they say at the talks. That was actually welcomed. But we here in America have to shut it down. Pressure to leave hydrocarbons in the ground has been weakened this year by the disruption following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That's what I was just talking about a moment ago. This was happening before the invasion of Ukraine. Again, I'll keep saying that because it's true. European nations were already turning on, bringing back to life their natural gas and their coal plants. They were already doing that. This just helped to get it done faster. Even countries with binding commitments to switch to what they think is low-carbon energy have found their priorities have shifted, at least in the short term. UN Climate Envoy John Kerry is planning to propose a new carbon credit program that will ramp up funding for businesses and governments and wealthy economic nations. Hey, I have a question for these guys. You know, Margaret Thatcher got it right. The problem with socialism is that sooner or later, you run out of other people's money. That happens. What happens when these people run out of other people's money? 
Because this is the way we're funding all of this right now. Your wind, your solar, even your electric cars and so on. If it weren't for the heavy subsidies, none of these things would exist. What happens when that these nations, it's not just America that's deeply in debt. These nations are broke. Where are they going to get the money to continue to fund this stuff? I can talk about how bankrupt it is, the idea that, well, wind and solar is the way we're going to go to make enough energy to, you know, you can't make wind and solar and electric cars without coal, gas, and oil. You can't. And again, these things are bad for the planet, not clean, not green, not sustainable. But put that aside for a minute. Without the subsidies, they don't exist. What happens when they run out of other people's money? How are they going to keep this going? With coal, gas, and oil, it funded itself. No problem. I really don't think that they're looking at long-term... Well, they think that the money supply is just endless. They just print more money, and that's all you have to do. Honestly, this is how they plan to fund this. It's not going to work. Coming up on 930, local news update on your weather forecast. More open phones. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Your morning coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. the time it's wake up my own my name is glenn woods thanks for joining me just got a note here boy it's really active today i was just telling miss mary this yes we've gotten some phone calls today but so much of the activity is off the wake up wyoming app here's what you do app store for your phone wake up wyoming it's free you'll see it come up it's free to download right loads of options on there you get news weather all sorts of things news alerts if you want them you can listen to old shows, touch on demand on the toolbar, and you can see old shows, those funny bits we play. Season two is being released. To all of that, and the chat option. You touch chat, you can send me a text message. And that includes links and pictures. Barbara is in Lusk. Morning, Barbara. She writes, check into the Pronghorn H2 project in Converse in Nabrera counties. The wind energy product is designed to replace wind towers on state lands leased by ranchers. The amount of water that the project is needing will severely deplete the aquifer. Area landowners have been opposing this project since they first heard of it. However, it's still being considered. One of Manny notes I've been getting from people, that's been, the app has been really active this morning with people sending me all sorts of notes on everything that we've been talking about. And I answer, I talk to them on the air, but I also type back. So you can do that too. That's available to you as one way to get involved in the whole conversation here. So if we're going to get rid of uh, coal, gas, and oil, and wind and solar are not going to be able to charge your car like you're thinking. Again, you can't build wind and solar and electric cars without coal, gas, and oil. It's not possible. So what's the alternative? Well, is facing an ongoing energy crisis. 
As oil gets scarcer, gasoline gets more expensive, and the planet suffers. Electric cars? Most of their electricity comes from coal-fired plants or nuclear reactors. So what's the answer? How about a car that's good-looking, affordable, and runs on clean, environmentally responsible natural gas? Your natural gas. Introducing the Flatula Backfire. It runs like the wind because it's running on wind. Here's how it works. Using state-of-the-art sanitary technology, Flatula captures all your emissions and efficiently channels them directly to a powerful turbocharged engine. It's clean energy, green energy, and best of all, it's renewable. The Backfire's range is practically unlimited, but if you should happen to run low, don't worry. You're never too far from a Flatula authorized service center where trained, qualified providers stand ready to fill your tank with the gas that's right for your driving needs. Flatula Backfire. It's not just a smart car. It's the fart car. I did want to replay one thing that I played earlier this morning, and I think those of you who joined us later have to hear this. So Elon Musk takes over Twitter... And one of the things he's doing to try to generate a little bit of income there, for those people who want that blue checkbox next to their name, what that means is if you're, let's say, a celebrity, you want people to know it's you, not somebody with the same name, not somebody who's pretending to be you. It's really you. So you get a blue check mark by your name. Well, he's charging for that, $8. <gasps> How Dare you charge a dollar? Hi, I'm Farrah McGrendelson. Will you be an angel for a helpless lib? Every day, innocent libs are ratioed, flamed, and even neglected. For just $8 a month, you can sponsor a liberal, providing them with a blue check, and more importantly, with hope. That's about the cost of one white chocolate low whip almond milk latte light froth, or one gallon of gas. Call now. Your donation will provide identity verification, all the benefits of Twitter Blue, and a newfound sense of self-worth to a poor, needy lib. Plus, you'll receive a photo and regular updates from your sponsored lib. Everyone knows the only people worth listening to are blue checks. Don't let a lib become an absolute waste of a human being. Browse our database of needy libs today. Please act now. Because due to inflation, $8 will soon be worth $4. And then you'll have to pay $16. Right now, there's a lib who's in need. And you can help. Don't wait. Every minute, more libs fade into obscurity. And even though they're definitively rich enough to pay for themselves, their liberal worldview dictates that you should be the one to shoulder the burden. It's the compassionate thing to do. I want it. I want it. It's okay. Elon Musk can't get you here. You're going to stay verified. Look at what you're doing to her, Elon. Yeah, say you you people are going to worry about real problems this weekend if you worry about any problems at all. These people are worried about their social media score. Twitter is a lot like crystal meth. Because it's really fun to do, and Oprah's on it. Yeah, there's that one. My, that's my second favorite Twitter song. This one's my favorite. You're no one if you're not on Twitter. And if you aren't there already, 
you've missed it. If you haven't been bookmarked, retweeted, and blocked, you might as well not have existed. You might as well not have existed. 9.43, Wake Up Wyoming. Getting some lie, letting you vent. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. 948 to time to wake up my own. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Off we go to talk to Frank Gambino, who's in Laramie. So, uh, Frank, I'm just thinking, we keep talking about how nice the weather is. It's going to be cold, I know, but nice the weather is going to be while you're at those football games in Laramie. But can you think of specific years when you've gone down there to do this and it was just horrible? I mean, with, with probably three times in the last five years. Okay. I mean, there, there was one game, it was so cold. That the winning the team the winning players in the last game didn't even want to do like any post game interviews outside. They wanted oh. to go to the indoor practice facility because <laughs> they've been out there all yeah. <laughs> all night. You okay. know what I mean? I mean, I mean, once once it gets to be nighttime, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you thought it was cold in the day, boy. Have and you... there was another game, um, and this was probably in the I would say in the two thousand somewhere. It had snowed so much that. You know the, the the crews from the university had to kind of shovel the the the, the yard markers. Yeah. You know every ten yards. Right. So uh, one team, you know, had scored a touchdown, and they um, were going to uh, try to kick. You know, they they, they thought they were going to kick an extra point, so they shovel a lot of spots for the uh, holder to do that. And the okay. guy goes, "No, we're going to go for two points." So all their work, so it was yeah. like a regular play for the line of scrimmage, like. Now we're just going to go. No, nah, just never mind anyway. Yeah. See, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Has it ever snowed so much that they're putting... Oh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and it could be, like, clear in the yeah. first half and snowing in the second half. That was last. That was part of, part of last year. Okay. It was clear in the first half and snowed in the second half. Two years ago, we, we all looked at each other and go, the weather is so good that there, there must be something... Weird yeah, something, something's up. Something's going to go really bad because good. the weather's so nice. Okay, so are there places where you can go take a break from all? of I know the team at least has like halftime and so on, right? They're, they have a room for the photographers to go in okay. downstairs, and you know they, you can go up to the press box too. I mean, but sometimes by the time you go all the way up there and then come all the way down, <laughs> you've already missed three minutes of the second half. Yeah. I mean, it's just, okay. It's it. The, the the elevator at War Memorial Stadium is probably the, the slowest in the world. Right. I mean, globally. I mean, dumb waiters go faster than that. Be, and and they're dumb. But okay, so <laughs> what's the fan turnout when is that bad? Well, I I don't think it's it, it's a matter of the part of it is is getting here if the weather yeah. is bad. Now, I, uh, the roads were clear when I left Casper yesterday, and I actually went through Seville Canyon. Right. You know, so I mean, it, it, it was you know it was dry the whole way. The teams that had to come from the Northeast, like right. um, you know Bighorn Sheridan, they right, probably yeah. had some issues yesterday. But I know I know Bighorn was here got here oh. yesterday, so they made it. Okay. And, um, I mean, I mean, the crowds are not going to be large, large by by any stretch. Sure. You know, it's high school football in a in a, in a stadium that's just twenty seven thousand. Okay. So I mean, um, you know, it, it'll be all right. It's going to be a great weekend for it, really. All right, here we go in high school football state championship time at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie today. Our first game will have in two A Lovell against Bighorn. 
Lovell is 10 and 0. Bighorn is 9 and 1. Lovell lost to Lyman in last year's title game. Lovell beat Bighorn 14 to 7 in the season opening game this season. At 3 o'clock this afternoon, Cody will try and three-peat as the state champions in 3-8, taking on Star Valley. Cody is 10-0, but their quarterback, Luke Tellis, was injured in last week's semifinal versus the Buffalo. We'll see if he plays today. Star Valley is 9-2, and have Cody as their closest game of the season at 35, for 35-25. This should be an interesting game. Tomorrow morning at 10-1, and a six-man, Little Snake River from Bags will try to repeat his state champions. They'll take on Brewington. Little Snake River has been dominant this season, but Burlington has been a tough group, too. Following that at 1 p.m., it's the 1A six-man championship. Defending champion Shoshone at 9-1 will take on 10-0 Pine Bluffs. In the first week of the season, Pine beat Shoshone 34-26. Finally, at 4 p.m. tomorrow in 4A, defending champion Sheridan at 10-0 will take on 9-1 Cheyenne East. Yeah, Sheridan beat East in the regular season with a super entertaining game. 42-39. Now, coming up tomorrow in college football, the annual Border War, the 114th edition, as the Wyoming Cowboys take on Colorado Stadium for a cause. That bronze boot trophy is important to both schools, far more important on the Wyoming end than some rifle with a Utah school and some trophy with a school that's 3,300 miles away. Now, today, the ROTC attachments will run the ball from Laramie to Fort Collins uh, with a uh, short ceremony at the border, and these rivalry games can get chippy, and uh, which is part of part of the deal, I guess. UW six and three overall, four and one in Mountain West Conference play. CSU is two and seven overall, two and three in the league. That's a five p.m. start from Fort Collins tomorrow. We'll have that for you on K two Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. That is college hoops from last night in Laramie. The Wyoming Cowboys beat Nickel State seventy nine to sixty eight to get to two and zero on the year. Brandon Wenzel had twenty points for the Cowboys. That's a career high. And Hunter Maldonado chipped in 12. The Cowboys will host Southeastern Louisiana on Sunday at 2 p.m. at the Arena Auditorium. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team will start the season this afternoon in North Dakota. So the Heather Rizal era is underway for Cowgirl Hoops. And they did have two exhibition wins over Colorado Christian and Sioux Falls. So we'll see how the season goes. It'll be a noon start today from Grand Forks. What, what was that canyon you said you take on the way down? Say that again? The canyon you take on the way down. Okay, Seville. So, so, are you heading so down would... twenty-five and under Wheatland? You're taking thirty-four. Correct. Okay, I've driven up that once. I went to Bosler and drove up to twenty-five, but I haven't gone back the other way. You find that it certainly is interesting. What a beautiful drive! Is that more oh, efficient? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's actually longer, but it, but it is more scenic. Oh, it's a <laughs> oh. If someone hasn't done that, I'm just going to throw this. Have a great weekend, Frank. I'll see you on Monday. All right? If you haven't done that drive, here's what you do: you get on I-25 just below Wheatland. There's Highway 34 that will take you toward Laramie. Okay, back and forth either way. Oh, what a beautiful drive! It's Wake Up Wyoming. Do you ever feel